Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. How can we be better as an industry, right? That's supporting things that are so much more important than others, right? Like the work that the nonprofits are doing and that we're supporting them in is so important that it really truly deserves us stopping, slowing down, thinking about why we're accepting norms that have been the same for decades. How do we truly move forward and how do we make it better? How do we as an industry make everything better for donors and for supporting organizations that are making an impact? Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder, digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Whether you're listening to this episode on a run, doing some dishes, getting the laundry done, going for a walk, welcome. This is going to be a great episode. Amanda Wasson has joined me, and I'm very excited to have her. She is the EVP of Client Experiences at RKD Group, which I have been, Amanda, thoroughly impressed with everyone that I've spoken to on your team. Everyone is a joy and the work you do is incredible. So I am very happy to have you here and share some nuggets from a report you've been working on. So welcome to Missions to Movements. Great. Well, thank you so much. I know that all of the team members that you have talked to love speaking with you as well. (laughs) And I agree, we have a great team and I'm excited to be here and to talk about the trust research we've done. Yes. And Justin interviewed me recently on your podcast. Yes, I listened. I heard it. 
Oh my gosh, it was so good. And the first question that he asked me, I think was the most hilarious question I've ever been asked. And totally, there was no prep for this show, by the way. <laughs> uh, the first question he asked me was, how was my experience on American Idol related to the work I do in the nonprofit industry? And I was like, great question. <laughs> That's right. And not everybody gets that question, right? And I'm like, and <laughs> what was so exciting about it I was like, wow, how are you tying an American Idol to this? But he manages to make that work. So that's so yeah. interesting, you know, your whole path. Thank you. It was a really cool conversation. So I want to dive right in. And this show is all about best practices, case studies, the nitty gritty examples, ways that professionals listening on this call can, what I've loved is I've heard people are listening and taking information back to their teams and applicating it to mm -hmm. what they're doing, which is phenomenal. A little bit of a backstory for everybody today on our conversation. In 2022, I was looking at some research. As far as trust goes, the nonprofit industry was still ahead of government and Edelman does this annual trust barometer rankings. What's so interesting, Edelman was one of the first PR agencies in New York City I ever interviewed with oh, really? back in 2013, back in my PR days. But what's happened in this last year is it seems we've taken a step back and fallen behind in trustworthiness for the first time, actually, in the report's history. And so you conducted your own report. It's called Solid Gold, the Nonprofit Marketer's Guide to Trust. And I will link to it in the show notes. For some context, can you explain how is the report conducted, sample size? Like, how did this kind of come together? Yeah, absolutely. So we tend to do a large research project every year that directs us and how we work with our clients from a messaging perspective, from a tactic perspective, and really just trying to generally keep our thumb on the pulse of like what's happening in a broader perspective, from a broader perspective. And so this year it's about trust. And we partner each year with McQueen, Mackin and Associates. And basically they are a research firm that partners with us. They focus on psychology and human behavior and all things around donors, right? Cool. That we're interested in. That's what makes yeah. them such a great partner. And so this year was about donor trust. We had seen that element study and the impact that donors are feeling with nonprofits and trust plays such a critical role in who you support and why you support them. And we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it and understand like, why is it declining? And why yeah. is it really scarily falling down below a lot of business organizations, specifically those that are in your community, right? And so they did a study with uh, 1,630 people, those that are donors that have given right. $25 or more in the last calendar year. And it excluded places of worship just to make, and it controlled for sex and generation so that we got a really great sampling. And we just dove into the topic of why do you build trust? Why do they have your trust? Who do you support? Why? And think about that, right? Whether yeah. it's thinking about it related to generation or it's thinking about it just related to what's your connection to the organization? Are you really tightly connected to them or they're just in your community? So dove deep yeah. into that. I love it. I want to get into the generational aspect yeah. too in a second. What would you find out were the primary drivers of trust for nonprofit organizations? Yeah. So first it was transparency. So did they feel like there was transparency with them about what was happening, what the nonprofit was doing? And then also, did they have the confidence that it took 
to mm-hmm. get the work done. So those were the two major factors, like listed 70% or above, that were a big a big indicator of whether that trust was going to grow or if there was going to be trust at all. Yeah. And what was interesting is the correlation between that trust and how that reflected on giving. That's right. And so when the trust was high, it was the value, the donor value was high and their giving continued year over year over year. And so that was a real, it showed you the importance of trust and like not only to just say, I think we all know trust is important in relationships, but how do you intentionally build upon that and, and grow that and truly understand it? Right. Yeah. There was one takeaway. So when you access this report, there's a couple of key findings that they state in takeaways. And it said that donors expect communication, but on their terms. How should organizations interpret that and actually put it into use? Yeah, that's a really big (laughs) thing, right? And I think it's like when they say on their terms, it's like, okay, well, we talk more and more now about personalized one-to-one communication and marketing. Mm -hmm. And what does that really mean? And how do you truly know and understand the donors and what their preferences are, right? And so I think for us, the takeaway is, you know, there's no set it and forget it answer. And there's no one right way to do things. Certainly, you're listening to your donors, right? So if they give you their email address, if they give you their mobile phone number, and you have their mailing address, then you have a lot of different ways to communicate with them. You also have all of the digital and online channels, and you can right. use that as a way to, to share information and to push out information that shows the impact of what you're doing and shows the, the real connectedness that you have to the mission and, and results. And so there's a lot. And so I think our recommendation is you really take a look and understand what donors are telling you, right? Give them the opportunity to opt in to what the way that they want to hear from you. And then also make sure that you're utilizing all of your channels to communicate, right? And so that people can engage with it when they're ready, right? So if you send an email, if you put a post out, if you send a mailing, like they can connect with you in the way that they want to, and that's okay. And I think that's what it's telling us. Don't try and force 10 or 15 of the same kinds of messages and only in one channel when they may or may not be there. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is like, we will reach out and look for and ask the things that we want to find out. That's right. And so it's like, do you have that available? Do you have videos or FAQs or the things that are going to be most likely asked accessible to be able to find? Are the top things, maybe your most recent impact updates, is that pinned to the top of your Instagram profile, right? Just like thinking about the things that people are going to naturally maybe have questions about, or is it difficult to find? And therefore the trust maybe lowers because it feels hidden. Yeah. And I think also, is it buried in an annual report somewhere that someone had to go dig for? What I really love about it as we've been brainstorming internally about, okay, what does this mean to actually our clients and to nonprofits? How should they begin to think about it? When you think about the different types, I love that you said video because video is so top of mind. And But also, what about some exclusive events where you invited Mm -hmm. people to join, like where you were talking about the impact and where you were, you know, as we think about how people, not only where they want to consume, but how they want to consume. Many people want to have it in a video format or they want to have it really simple and clear, big pictures, small tie. You know what I mean? Like, so it's really thinking about it differently. So I always talk about this idea of platform specific content. So let's just say, I'm going to give an example. Let's say as a stakeholder, CEO, it doesn't have to be the CEO, but let's just say it's an executive at an organization that you trust and that you believe in for the organization has a face for it. And 
they do a LinkedIn live on their personal, right? And they're doing a LinkedIn live. Maybe it's a quarterly impact update. Great. So maybe that's a 15, maybe 20 minute max long video. But then for the people who just want to quick, maybe then follow up with a PDF carousel of just like the quick stats, the updates, maybe the funds coming in. Maybe then on Instagram, that's a quick 60 second reel. Maybe on email, that's a paragraph that links to a blog post, right? So you think about how can you take this one message, but share on different channels in the way that channel, how those people consume content so that it feels accessible. And that's what that channel wants as a business for you to connect with people in that way. So I think that's a big part of, but on their terms is when we go to... Instagram, how are you consuming? When we go to LinkedIn, how are you consuming? When we read an email, is there 10 different buttons to click on? Are you making it easy to digest the message? Yeah, I really love that. It's truly about also for the value of the content that you have. So you just described, you know, four or five different ways of using the same content and getting different results and impact. So I love that. I think that's really right on. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> I love that I said right on because it goes with our solid gold theme of the 70s vibe. Right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. It was unintentional. unintentional. It was interesting also was that you looked at the generational differences. What were the differences when it came to trust? Did you see anything that was shocking or yeah. different? I wouldn't say shocking. The interesting thing is that trust matters no matter your age, no matter which generation you come from. I think what we did find was that People, especially the older generations, they really focused on, and this is true across the board, by the way, but it was slightly higher in the older generation, that they're giving close to home, right? They're giving where they're seeing the impact, which I think goes back to, if you're saying that you're giving because you're, they're transparent and competent, you're seeing that in your local community, right? And I think that the younger generation is used to growing up with the internet and growing up with access to international. So they are much more comfortable with international causes. And again, the the difference isn't great, but they tend to give more to international while Gen X or baby boomers, they're giving to uh, national and then also local organizations. And that's where their trust You described me and my parents now that I'm thinking about it. My parents, I know, give to local organizations because they go and attend local events. Yeah, absolutely. Breakfasts, brunches, galas kind of thing versus it is interesting. The organizations that I'm a monthly donor for are not in Atlanta at all. And actually they're serving mostly all over the world or all over the United States. And so that's a really interesting distinction. I do want to get more involved in local Uh Atlanta organizations since I've moved here, but that's very... At least for me, yeah. that's very accurate. So that's interesting. Yeah. And again, it wasn't like there were it was a real clear distinction, but you could definitely see kind of the impact of generation and how yeah. it could lean. And so if you're an international organization or if you're a local one, the same is true. You're just building that competence. You're building the transparency, no matter if you're doing the work, you know, with video, with easy access to communication, you can make those things work regardless. Oh, absolutely. That's what I share about ads all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of organizations will say, well, it only makes sense for us to run ads in our community. And I was like, actually, that's not true at all. There's a ton of organizations that I support that are based in places I used to live yeah, or places I've never been, Right. but I'm called and compelled to support your mission. What do you think? I mean, really the point of the report is, right? how can you take and how can you increase trust with supporters? When you're working with organizations 
what are you recommending to them? Like what's moving the needle? What's making a difference? If somebody was to say, okay, we're heading into giving season, right? Which is an important time. How can we make sure that as we're building out our campaigns, we're doing it in a way that is showing competence and Mm -hmm. building the trust? That's a really great question. And I would say there's two things. There's a longer term play, which we would say to every organization, find out what your trust is with your donors. Because some, you might say, Mm -hmm. oh, you know what? I feel like we've got a lot of great donors. We haven't seen the decline. But you still want to know, like, what do people think of you? What do your donors think of you? What do your prospects think of you? Now it's so easy and accessible to get research done for your specific organization. So doing that on an annual basis helps you to have like a clear, distinct understanding of what's happening for you specifically. So we always recommend that. Is that like sending out a survey via email? Like what's the best way yeah. to get so you that? Can do it, you can do it once a year where you're using online panels and targeting different groups, whether that be specific donors that you have. Also prospects within your specific area, whether that's national or international or local. And so you can send out survey questions that are really asking It's almost like the NPS score for your organization, but at a deeper level where you're getting a little bit more information. So we always recommend that you you start by understanding where you're at, but also you ask, what about we're going into Q4, you know, the busiest giving season, no time for research right at the moment, right? What can you do? And, And a lot of the things that we've talked about today, which is really tell a clear, transparent story in all of the channels that you have access to. Make sure that you're not just doing a set it and forget it plan. Really evaluate and take a look at all of what you have commuted in the past and think about, is this really accessible to people? Is it understandable? Am I creating content in multiple different formats? Have I thought about various different lead gen opportunities, right? So if you're sharing those, that type of content within social channels, think Facebook or LinkedIn. In fact, Nicole Daly, who's one of our digital media strategists, wrote a quick blog on this. And I thought it was really good. Check that out. Just a quick plug. But ultimately, she was talking about the fact that you know, if you're utilizing these channels to put your information out there and you're targeting to specific audiences that have an interest in what you're doing, then that's going to be a great lead generation tool And they're going to start with you by understanding the impact that you're making. So it's really thinking about the content that you have, reevaluating. And I would just say, we're encouraging people to stop, take a look, understand what you're communicating. And are you really telling your full story in an authentic way that's compelling, right? And are you doing that regularly? Not once a year, not at Q4, just alone. But what are those touch points that you're building throughout the year? Throughout the year. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot to say of just making the ask when you're ready to make it instead of like building up all the impact stories. And there's an episode actually right before this one went live, episode 87, which was five creative ways to say thank you. Yes. And we forget, we spend so much time on the soliciting of the ask. But the best way that I found that I find trust in an organization is hearing from them after I make the gift. That's right. How they respond. Yes. Did they acknowledge you? So spend as much time, if not more, on what happens post-gift That's right. than you are on the building of the campaign and the solicitation and the event and everything. So check out that episode because I give five kind of creative, out-of-the-box ideas on how to do that. But I love that idea. Do you have any thoughts when it comes to messaging, branding? Like, How does that all align with promoting trust? 
Yeah. Well, it's very interesting when you think about brand and you think about all of the messaging around a brand. And again, I go back to starting with an understanding of how do people think about your brand? How do they engage with you? And depending on the size of your organization and how long you've been around, sometimes your brand is going to work really Mm -hmm. towards building that trust. And other times it's like you don't have any equity in it yet. And so then how do you build that equity, especially on limited budgets? We know anybody that's seen Barbie or seen what's happening (laughs) with Barbie knows that like a hundred million dollars will get you a lot of publicity and helps to build that trust. Nonprofit organizations don't have those budgets. And so it's really thinking about how can you associate your brand? How do you, first of all, understand where you are? And second of all, understand the messaging and the branding and making sure that you don't have disconnects between what you're saying you do, what you stand for, what your mission is about, and then also what you what you're saying you're actually doing, right? And like those need to be aligned and have a clear understanding of that. You're clearly defining and, and communicating the same thing consistently. Yes. And I think one of my favorite ways, especially if you're an organization that's smaller, to build trust is by partnering with organizations that have that built in. Absolutely. Doing different collaborations with organizations that might already have some following. And so if you're like, oh, okay, they're partnering with X, Y, and Z. That's a brand that I relate with. That's aligned to us. They've built trust. They have some legacy to them. Then that way you're expanding your audience and you're bringing that credibility along with you too. So I think that's one thing to think about going into giving season is how can you work with different corporate partners or brands to elevate that credibility and just expand into new audiences too. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That leads to an interesting point. Like in the research, it found that like you would think that, oh, well, trust is built. If I go down and I volunteer and I t- attend their event and I do all of these things, well, these people automatically trust me. And really there wasn't a correlation. It was really, and I think that what you just said plays into that, right? So if you look at a brand and they're local in your community and you see them doing good work and you see the impact in your community, and maybe you don't have time to volunteer. Maybe you're, you're at a stage in your life where you have a four-month-old, right? Right. And you're, you're not really able to go out there and do that or attend events, but you know, they're doing great work. And then you see them partnering with, let's say the local, the local market or Google or something, a brand that builds trust. Then you're, that means more than actually going down and spending the time, which was a little bit of a, you know, aha moment for people because I think we often think the opposite. And not that those things aren't important. Attending the event, you know, you want people to be as much as possible. But as it comes to trust, it didn't make that big of a difference. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of fascinating insights in this report. Definitely check out the link. It's on the blog and in the show notes. If you want to give it a full read through, I would. It's very easy to read through and how you've outlined it. It's not like a clunky report. We tried to make it easy. Easy to access this information, right? Easy to access, easy to digest and put into practice. So Amanda, I want to ask you dive into two sections. We must know for professional development or just for fun, what are you reading or what podcast are you listening to that you would recommend to others? So I am into all things wellness and my family and friends will tell you like, I listen to everything. I try to do everything. I try to stay healthy, right? And it's like, okay, in our fast-paced world, what does that all look like? So I would say anything, whether it's leadership or it's health and wellness like related to, so Dr. Will Coles, The Art of Being Well, love that. Doctor's Pharmacy, I'm listening to that. Mindset Mentor. There's a lot out there that I that I really find interesting and also anything on leadership and how uh, like you can work together better and more effectively as teams. I find that, and there's a lot that are out there. The rethinking by Adam Grant. I mean, there's just a ton. So I'm, 
I'm a junkie when it comes to all that stuff. I love listening. It's like you're able to get so much information in a short period of time. Yes, I know. I love listening to podcasts when I'm out on a walk or yes, and yeah, it's great. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then I like to ask this section called ask and receive. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that you would like to ask for help or support on from the listeners? As I think about that, I, you know, we are, and, and I know because you've talked to a lot of Arcadians over the past, you know, few months. And one of the things that you likely have seen on social media is our quit bad fundraising. Yes. campaign. And really, it's really a, it's a movement that we are really taking on and we're inviting everybody to do it with us to really take a step back and look at, we don't have to do things the way we've always done them. How can mm-hmm. we be better as an industry, right? That's supporting things that are so much more important than others, right? Like the work that the nonprofits are doing and that we're supporting them in is so important that it really truly deserves us stopping, slowing down, thinking about why we're accepting norms that have been the same for decades. How do we truly move forward and how do we make it better? How do we as an industry make everything better for donors and for the supporting organizations that are making an impact? And so I would just say, we would love you to join us. We would love everyone to join us on that journey and to help us do better and to quit bad fundraising. I love it. Where can people find out more about that campaign? So definitely on LinkedIn. We also, and I'll, I'll send you the link, but we have some great fun videos about like, that just are really funny about like thinking about what it means, bad fundraising. So we have lots of resources on LinkedIn. I'll give you the link and you can make okay. it available to all the listeners. Perfect. I love it. Amanda, where can people connect with you? You can connect with me. I'm also on LinkedIn, Amanda Wasson, and just link with me there. And I'd love to talk with anyone. Awesome. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. You're welcome. I know I love having these conversations. I selfishly get to learn so much. Everyone go check out the report. I love everything that RKD is doing for the nonprofit sector. So thank you. Appreciate you and your team. Thank you so much. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories and tag positive equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.